Hello, and welcome to Driverless. I'm your host, Zach Adams. Today's episode features Caroline Coates, head of in-house legal at Oxbotica, a world-leading autonomous driving software company. With over 25 years of experience in motorsport, automotive, and insurance, Caroline has been an advisor and commentator on the legal, regulatory, and insurance aspects of connected and autonomous vehicles for several years. Our discussion today talks about how Caroline got involved with Oxbotica and how she helps to navigate the ever-changing legal framework surrounding autonomous vehicles. With that said, let's get rolling to today's episode of Driverless. And Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you, Zach. Good to be here. Great. Caroline, so from the outset, we have so many things we can get into. Uh, you know, your time in Oxbotica, some of the consulting you do, but I think one of the things that we probably should start with is why did you decide to go into the field of law? All right. Um, I suppose I was um, always going to be an archaeologist. And um, when I worked out that the chances of discovering the next Tutankhamun was pretty remote, I looked around for an alternative career. And uh, I then did some work experience in uh, law firms and barristers chambers. And I thought, yeah, I, I quite like this idea of doing law. So you were, you were confident then that you weren't going to discover a new dinosaur or a new uh, tomb of tomb common, nothing like that? You didn't think that was a possibility for you? Well, I thought, I thought my, my prospects of having a career were probably better in law than they were in archaeology. And I have to say, after over 30 years, I think I made the right decision. I, I would say that's a fair uh, statement to make, especially as your team begins working on a new kind of discovery in the autonomous vehicle sector. Uh, tell me, Caroline, when did you first begin being interested in the automotive sector in general, and then more specifically into autonomous transportation? In fact, when I first started um, as a solicitor in the UK, my um, initial training and uh, when I began my career was working on liability cases for um, automotive manufacturers. So I'm based in the Midlands in the UK, which is the heartland of the motor industry in England. Uh, so I was dealing with all sorts of cases um, a lot of uh, employers' liability, so uh, workman's compensation type cases uh, at the start of my career. And I've always worked um, quite a lot in automotive and um, in motorsport throughout my career, but also in manufacturing more widely and in public sector. And uh, I was in private practice for mm, 25 years or so. And uh, around 2014, I was lead on the automotive sector for the firm that I was with. And I was looking at what was coming up next and started to uh, read up and investigate the fascinating world of autonomy and what that would mean in terms of um, autonomous vehicles. And it was really from there that I began to explore the uh, legal aspects, particularly actually around um, liability and regulation and that's something that I've carried on whilst I was in practice with an interest in and I was very fortunate to have a chance to start some work with Osbotica at the back end of last year and they then asked if I would like to join them on a more permanent basis so I find myself now as their in-house legal. 
That is quite the uh, career arc. And you said that whenever you first started working in the automotive sector, you were you were in private practice. Is that right? Yes. So how does it feel then going from a situation where you were dealing with um, you know, the automotive sector before autonomous transportation was really, you know, a, a big theme and a big trend in the industry to now when it's, you know, what everyone who's anyone is working on. I mean, it sounds like your career has kind of mirrored that progression. And uh, I've got to imagine that's been an incredible journey along the way. Yes. And it sounds, doesn't it? So I've had it all planned out. Um, <laughs> but, it certainly but does. <laughs> You'll be amazed to hear that as always with these things, there's a certain element of timing and opportunity and a healthy dose of luck at the same time. So yes, I have been fortunate to see um, how developments have um, increased in terms of, of, of pace and, um, and the increasing introduction of technology, both in manufacturing processes, and then of course the introduction of, of the autonomy technology and its different levels um, uh, over these last few years. And you know, where we are now and where we're headed, it's a really exciting place to be, a really exciting space to um, be, you know, have the opportunity to be a lawyer in. I couldn't agree more. I think that's very well said that as much as, uh, you know, us lawyers are, are subject to the timing and the trend of the industries we service, uh, we're all very incredibly lucky to be working in such a, you know, engaging and innovative space right now. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved with W Series Limited and, uh, you know, kind of what you do there? Sure. Uh, so W Series, which is um, a... Uh, female-only single-seater uh, motorsport series uh, was set up by somebody I know very well. And um, at the time I was leaving private practice, uh, the W Series was just uh, being launched. So I uh, have provided them with consultancy services around really you know, the setup and um, uh, giving them some support on um, how, how, they, how they operate from a, from a governance perspective and from um, a more practical contracts perspective as well. Um, but I, my, my, um, my time at W Series has been absolutely fascinating, completely different, because that is in the very different world of, of motorsport. Um, but uh, the, the opportunity was, was great when I, when, I, when I started with them. And they, you know, they're doing a really uh, amazing job in terms of um, promoting uh, female racing drivers. And, uh, and I'm happy to say that they've got a great season ahead where they are on the F1 calendar for um, six races or eight races. Yeah, that to me is just so incredibly exciting on so many levels, both from a social perspective, as far as seeing women in males typically occupied by men, but also uh, in just kind of showcasing that this really is a passion for you. You know, this isn't something you do as a means to an end and, you know, it's your day job. It seems to me, and, and this is, you know, from someone who's, whole ocean away from you that it seems certainly like automotive industry is kind of in your blood it's both a passion and an occupation for you is that fair yes um i i'm i quite like cars it would be fair to say <laughs> that's that that's good it makes your job i'm sure a lot easier let's talk a little bit about your your transition to oxpotica now i know that you said you were uh consulting with them when you were in private practice but can you kind of tell our audience a little bit about what Oxpotica is and what it does and what your consultancy looked like? And, and then, you know, eventually we'll discuss a little bit about your transition to obviously, you know, a prestigious role of being in-house legal counsel at Oxpotica. 
So Oxbotica is a company that I've been aware of um, really since shortly after its launch in 2014, um, when it was um, founded by Paul Newman and Ingmar Posner. Uh, and I, I've, I've followed their, their trajectory um, whilst I was in practice. So what Oxbotica does, which is unique, is that it has created a software autonomy platform that creates universal autonomy, that is autonomy in any environment and which can be applied to any vehicle. So it's not just uh, on-road or off-road, it's actually um, developing autonomy that can be applied in both situations and can be applied, as I say, to, to any type of vehicle. And why that's different, I suppose, is that um, other players in the market are looking at building a vehicle from ground up. Oxbotica is not, it, it has the software solution, it has its own software stack. And it's also modular, which means that um, it can work with um, other players within the ecosystem and bring a particular module that's useful to them and be applied to that other businesses stack, whether that's localization or perception. Uh, so it's really interesting to see that Oxbot has a very clear mission to, to bring universal autonomy um, and on a, on a global um, scale as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I've, I've kept, kept tabs on what Oxbotica is up to um, over the last few years. And then um, they, they, they were entering a phase, of, you know, they were a startup and a scale up. I'm sure you know, there's been a, a large amount of investment in the Series B funding round, which concluded in January this year. And uh, with some, some further investment, that's now topped out at around $68 million. So the business is going through um, uh, you know, a, a scale up, and I joined to provide some support to, to various parts within the business uh, on a consultancy basis. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and I discovered fairly rapidly that um, there was a lot that I, I hoped I could do to help them to, to you know, be part of that development. And, uh, and that's what then led me to taking on an in-house role. Yeah, and one of the things that really stands out about Expotica in general, and, and maybe specific to your role, is that from a regulatory standpoint, most companies in the AV space are, are trying to navigate either um, some sort of niche, right? Whether it's consumer transportation or it's delivery or, you know, there's um, self-driving uh, lawnmowers for, for farmers and, and irrigating crops, things like that. One of the things that I noticed um, about Expotica is that since it is this, this software stack and, and this kind of modular system that is intending to bring autonomous driving to both on-road and off-road situations, I have to imagine you're one of the most valuable people in the company as you're navigating all those regulatory frameworks. Uh, I imagine that to be very challenging. Well, I, I mean, what, I, what I've also been really impressed with as I've got under the bonnet at Oxford mm -hmm. is how right from the start as part of um, consortia that are government backed which Ospotica have been has been part of so projects like uh, Driven and Endeavour in those consortia part of it is to understand what the environment is in which the autonomous technology can operate and part of that of course is to link to those who are developing regulations 
and looking at that legal and regulatory framework that's necessary. So in the UK, the Department of Transport has created the Centre for Connected and Autonomous Vehicles, CCAP, and they are looking at some of these challenges. And Oxpotica has, has had a really a good relationship and opportunity to have conversations around regulation um, th throughout, and that's continuing. Because I don't think anyone would say that the whole regulatory piece has been cracked by any means. So it's really good that Oxpotica has got a seat at the table to be able to have those, those open discussions about what really is necessary. Um, and the, the, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about where we are in the UK in terms of regulation right now and where we're headed. Um, and it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing piece of work. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point is that so much of what I've seen about the regulatory framework, both uh, in the UK, in the United States, in China, is that it seems to me, uh, and again, this is someone who, you know, I'm not meeting with senators on a daily basis or anything like that, but it seems to me that it's more collaborative than other spaces. It seems to me that, um, you know, regulators are meeting more with private companies and uh, more with people that have experience with the technology or that are kind of at the forefront to find a system that makes sense. What kinds of things, uh, you know, it sounds like Spotica is involved in those discussions in the UK. What kind of um, regulations or uh, regulatory frameworks is Spotica helping to navigate with uh, the regulators in the UK? So, so it, it's, um, it's a, as I say, it's, it's, a, it's a moving environment. Um, and one example that's particularly recent and relevant there has been um, the introduction of, um, it's actually an ADAS feature, automated uh, lane keeping system. And that the, the, the UK government have set out its store that that is something that will be introduced in the UK and be capable of being operated um, in speeds at up to 37 miles per hour um, later this year. So in order for that to happen, there needs to be a change to the highway code, which is the um, the, the, the document, if you like, that sets out how a, a driver will operate their car on the road. It's, you know, it's, it's a code, as, as the name says. So at the moment, there is a consultation still ongoing as to the changes that are needed to the highway code to allow people to use this lane keeping system without being in breach. And Oxpotica is uh, responding to that consultation, setting out um, you know, how, how that, that could work in practice. So that's just an example. Um, there are other consultations that we have been uh, responding to. So uh, in 2018, the Law Commission in the UK, who um, take on the task of reviewing uh, parcels of regulation and, and general approach on, on, on legal approach for particular topics and, and, and work it through with a, with a group and then push out consultations and then take that information and, and produce recommendations. The Law Commission began some work in 2018, uh, which won't be concluded until 2022, but which has had three phases of consultation specifically on automated vehicles. So the first is around um, what do we need in terms of regulation? What does it look like in terms of liability and insurance? The second is around um, highly automated passenger transport systems. How do we make them accessible? How do we make them work? And then the third is around the, 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 the next phase of, um, of regulation and safety assurance, and also around enforcement. 
um, and discussions around whether there should be the creation of, of a new system um, for, for, um, for approvals, the creation of a safety case, and also the uh, responsibility, who, who holds the responsibility, and the suggestion is of a new entity, which is an ADSE, an automated driving system entity, who could be held responsible in the event of there being some incident. And you know, in the same way as we have regulation for um, health and safety in the workplace, and we have a body called the Health and Safety Executive, something like that in this space. So those consultations are ongoing. Oxbotica is, is responding to them and um, taking the opportunity to put forward the, the perspective and the, um, the way in which you know, a software business sees the challenges and how best that can then fit in to this whole framework. Right, and one of the things I noticed, uh, and you're so gracious for kind of framing it as Oxbotica, but I have to imagine that as um, you know, head of the in-house legal team, so much of your job has to be navigating um, you know, the fine line between innovation and liability. And I think you did a really great job of highlighting kind of wanting to push forward the technology from a business standpoint and from an innovation standpoint, but also as a, a trained lawyer, uh, I'm sure there's concerns of liability. And I'm, I'm curious, how do you navigate those decisions uh, at Exbotica, you know, whenever you're presented with, um, you know, potentially something that would incur some liability or, you know, there's got to be testing. I know I, I want to talk about the driven trial and all that. I'm just wondering how you make those decisions of, both pushing forward the technology and mitigating liability. It, it is a, it's, a, it's a really good point um, because any, any technology that is emerging, um, you know, you, you, you need to consider it both in the, um, the initial stages in terms of evaluation and then in the testing phase and then ultimately how it will operate in a production phase. Um, I would say Oxbotica is really strong on safety and we are very aware of developing the safety case. So for example, um, we are doing real world testing and have been doing for some time. We have highly trained uh, safety drivers in the vehicles who are um, available to take, take control at any point if required, uh, but they are also um, helping us to to develop our understanding of, of, of what that safety case needs to be. Um, so, so in terms of, of, of where this develops, um, I mean, in any business, you are looking at what your potential um, uh, liabilities may be, and you are taking um, all, all the usual steps in terms of reducing um, those two, you know, and the risks associated to the lowest possible level. Yeah, and I, I'm really impressed. Uh, one of the things in reading some literature on Oxbotica, it really seems like safety is paramount uh, at Oxbotica. Yeah. I'm so impressed by the amount of safeguards and layers of uh, precautions that your folks are taking over there. And I have to imagine as uh, the top lawyer there, it helps you sleep a little easier at night knowing that the company rallies around safety the way that it does. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you think about what is one of the core benefits of autonomous vehicles, it's got to be safety, hasn't it? Um, it, it does. And, and, I mean, we, we can all see from our own experience 
of being a driver on the road, we can all see the benefit in the future of highly automated vehicles and fully autonomous vehicles in terms of, of safety and the reduction of accidents and injury. Uh, so it, it goes hand in hand that um, Oxpotica as a, a world leading software developer for universal autonomy, that safety is absolutely a priority. Yeah, you know, one of the things we always say uh, whenever we have discussions, both, you know, on our podcast and off our podcast, is that the thing about autonomous driving is that, you know, whenever a piece of software is driving a vehicle, it doesn't get tired. It doesn't have a drink at half the hour. It doesn't get angry. It doesn't get distracted. It isn't texting. Uh, so I, I do think that when people start to adopt more of this technology and realize that it's actually being put in place from a safety perspective, uh, I think that'll lead to greater adoption. Yes. One of, the, one of the things I'd love to talk a little bit more about is uh, this idea of universal autonomy. What are some of the you know, most challenging, um, I, I guess I'd say adaptations or ways in which Oxpada has uh, applied their software um, to you know, a vehicle or text, test case that required you know, a lot of innovation, a lot of thinking, because I'm really impressed by the wide range of use cases Oxpodica has found for uh, its software stack. So, so it, it, is, it is really interesting to see how the software has been um, developed and how it can be deployed. So look, looking at off-road for a moment, um, you, you'll be aware that, uh, that we have uh, a relationship with BP and uh, we, we have worked with them to develop the use of the universal autonomy system to ve vehicles operating in an oil refinery, which as you can imagine, an oil refinery, isn't it? It's, it's a very complex environment. And if you can introduce autonomy and reduce the number of people who need to be traveling around such a, an, an environment, a refinery, then that's gotta be a good thing. Um, so, so that's really interesting because the, so the BP example, um, it's complex because it's not just the equipment within the refinery, but there's um, rail and uh, other vehicles. So, so that that has been um, you know, a really interesting uh, opportunity and uh, and delighted that that BP have uh, it, it been one of the investors in Oxbotica in this last Series B funding round. Uh, yeah. Also, off-road quarries. We're looking at. Um, uh, 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 working in in quarries again, very challenging environment. Um, I don't know if you've uh, been aware. Also, that there's a recent um, announcement around our work with Navtech on a radar product, um, and that is really interesting because one of the big benefits of um, Oxbotica's software stack is that it can work in GPS denied environments. So it doesn't need GPS to tell you where it is. Um, our system is, is really good at telling you where you are without GPS. So if you're underground or if you're under a tunnel, it still works. So the, the Navtech um, uh, product that's been developed has, is, is, is fantastic because that, that copes with all sorts of rough environments where you could have really um, you know dusty environments you could have really dirty environments and even though sensors can be covered you know get get dirty and get get, get covered it still works so that's that's been really interesting as well yeah I mean I have to imagine being able to navigate the autonomous driving space without the benefit of GPS is incredibly challenging so 
that certainly seems like something that Expotica is doing. That's that's about as cutting edge as it gets. And uh, you know, having some, a major company like BP um, have the faith in Expotica to both engage them as a client, but also as an investor, I think it really just speaks to the work that your team is doing in uh, pushing this technology forward in so many different ways. And so, so we would also say that um, that because of this universal autonomy approach, it's really interesting to look at the opportunities off-road and on-road. Um, and and I've, I've highlighted a, a couple of them, um, but we're also um, working with uh, Wenco on um, solutions for mining environments. Again, really tough environments um, that, that, that you know, GPS may not always be available. So yeah, we don't need GPS and that is set, that does set us apart. So we use radar, LIDAR, cameras, a range of sensors. Um, and uh, that, that allows the stack to, to, to operate. Yeah, and one of the things that I, I really wanna make sure that we discuss, and, and I think there's a nice segue into it is kind of the developments, not only in the autonomous vehicle space, but in the legal framework surrounding it. And we talked a little bit about the regulatory uh, piece of that, but I'm kind of curious as someone who's, who's on the cutting edge, who's in meetings that you know the rest of us aren't in, what do you think will be the biggest development surrounding the autonomous vehicle space in the next five or 10 years? From a, from a legal perspective? Uh, both, actually. I, I'd be curious from a legal standpoint, but then I'd also be curious from just you know a technological standpoint, because Oxpotica, again, is you know so cutting edge in so much of what they're doing. I mean, even the, the autonomous driving without the GPS itself is, is very impressive. I'm curious what other technological developments do you think are closer than people you know like me who aren't in those meetings would, would think? Well, I, I think that um, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of in reverse order then. So in terms of, of where the, uh, the technology is most likely to be um, deployed, I, I would say the, 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 the um, environments like um, uh, in a port or in, um, in, in, a, in a mine or in, in the off-road scenarios, um, that, that I think is something that's going to come to the fore um, and, and be of, of, of wider application um, in, in, the net, in the near term. And then when, it, when you look at, um, at passenger vehicles, again, I think it's likely that we'll see more use of this technology in um, multiple people transport systems rather than the privately owned individual passenger car. So the opportunity to move larger numbers of people via an autonomous vehicle, so shuttles and, and things like that, those I think will be um, coming to the fore in the near future as well. Um, the, 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 you know, the promised land of me owning a fully autonomous vehicle that can take the children to school without me taking them, um, I, I'd say that's a bit further off. Um, so yeah, for, for, let, let's, let's look now at, at where this technology can real, bring real benefit in both off-road environments and on-road in terms of multiple people transportation and um, in, in terms of um, which environments probably more likely to be um, in urban environments or on, on the motorway highways. But in terms of, of where, where we are um, developing from a legal perspective, 
I think there are a lot of in, in the UK, um, a lot of the work is is, is happening right now uh, to formulate the right kind of regulation um, and to, to, to build that assurance case. Um, and I think we'll see the next phase of that coming out in 2022, 2023. That'll be, yeah, that'll be very interesting, especially, uh, you know, as this technology continues to progress to see what other regulatory frameworks get put in place. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to circle back was you mentioned um, the transportation of multiple people at the same time. And I know, or I believe that Oxbotica did a trial with, with shuttles at, I believe, Gatwick Airport. Is that correct? Um, we've, we've, um, well, we've, we've been looking at shuttles, uh, for, for a while and, um, it's something that, um, it is of continuing interest for us. Um, and, uh, we, we actually, um, uh, signed up to explore, um, mutual solutions with ZF, um, some time ago. So it is something that's of, of continuing interest. Got it. And can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the driven trial. Uh, I know you'd mentioned it earlier and I want to make sure that we discuss that because I've read a little bit about it. It seems very interesting. Of course. Yeah. So, so, um, the driven trial was, um, a, a really good opportunity to bring together, uh, relevant partners, uh, backed with some government funding to do real world testing in an urban environment. And of course, you know, an urban environment is, is, is complicated and um, Oxpotica were really pleased to be part of that from the beginning um, and to have vehicles out on the road in London, uh, which again, you know, London is a, it's a big city. It's, a, it's a, a challenging urban environment. And uh, a lot of good work uh, was done under the Driven Project, um, which in fact has um, been built on with the um, next project, Endeavour, which uh, Oxpotica is also part of. And that again is um, carrying out real world trials and testing in um, urban environments, not, not just in London. In terms, in terms of Driven and, and Endeavour, what I think is really interesting is that um, Oxpotica has had the opportunity to, um, to, to show what this technology can do, what Oxpotica's uh, technology can do. But because it's a, a consortium approach, it, it, it allows um, relevant key players to work together to solve some of the uh, real world challenges, uh, whether that is, for example, in the Driven Project, um, AXA, Excel uh, were one of the partners of that consortium. Um, so working out um, so, so how, how would an insurance company uh, view this technology and how, how will it adapt um, through to particularly linking into the uh, local council, the local authority, so that they can understand what the technology is and the impact it could have on movement of people uh, within their, their, their location and uh, understand, again, what, 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 what the environment needs to be to, uh, to support the technology and understand um, you know, the importance and the, the opportunity it provides, but also how, how that local authority will interact with, um, with, with it and, and those who are operating it. 
That's great. And Carolyn, this is Todd, in case my voice isn't familiar to you yet. But I, I just wanted to jump in because one of the things that's impressed me is sort of the scope of ambition for Axbotica. And by that, I mean both this universal autonomy brand, but just the way you're talking about collaborating with a variety of different players, which, you know, it's been my own conclusion that that is the way forward. We need to have the different partners working together to pull in the same direction. So I think that works. But what I can't figure out is why you folks have the brain span to do this and other people don't seem to. And, you know, I want to amplify a little bit about that because as we talked about the regulatory environment, are you focused mostly on the UK in your regulatory interaction and then sort of depending on other opportunistic opportunities to branch out? I know looking at YouTube videos, you've got a project in Germany. How do you bridge that? So, so our, our, our work to date in terms of um, the, the sort of open collaborative approach to the pilots and the testing, that has been uh, UK activity where the UK government has been um, very keen to put money up front to support the development of this technology. Um, and so because that, that, that's been the approach for over the last few years, um, the, these projects have been, have been created, and Alspotica has been um, you know, the, the, the lead technology player, if you like, on the autonomy piece. Um, but that, yeah, that, that, that collaborative consortia approach is something that, that we have focused on the UK. But that's not to say that we, we are not a, you know, we are a business with, with um, a, a global um, outlook. And yes, we, we, are, we are doing um, and have done um, trials in Germany, but our, our focus on, on the regulatory side um, at, at this point has been UK because they're the people we have been talking to on a regular basis. Great. No, that makes sense. And then, you know, to that same point, again, talking about your collaborative approach, maybe if you could explain a little bit about the partnership with Acadia Group. With Ocado, yes, absolutely. Um, Ocado are um, a, a technology business um, who are well known in the UK for, um, for uh, grocery deliveries. Um, but I think I'm right in saying that they have recently um, announced that they are working with uh, Kroger, a supermarket chain in the US, in terms of um, uh, robotics in their warehousing. But really excited that um, we were able to announce <clears throat> both a collaboration agreement with Ocado and an investment of, um, of, of uh, Ocado in Oxpotica very recently. And uh, it's, you know, it's a really, really fantastic opportunity for us to work together to look at um, solutions around autonomy that can be part of um, movement of product uh, both around the, you know, the, 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 the sort of the, the warehousing logistics space, but also around the delivery platform as well. Carolyn, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, to, to Todd's point, Oxbotica has an incredible amount of ambition and scope in this space, uh, to the point where it's, it's candidly just impressive how many different uh, buckets 
Aquatica is you know, holding at one time. And I'm just wondering, how do you identify uh, potential partners or clients for Aquatica's technology since it does range so much in scope and industry? Uh, we've been really clear uh, that we have um, a, a, a view of, of autonomy and its application being a universal autonomy application. Um, and, our, and our roadmap is, is, is single-minded on that piece. But because it is a modular system, that allows us to offer only part of our stack to different um, industries, to different uh, customers. Um, so as long as it is part of that single vision of the uh, level four plus autonomy stack, um, then we are in a position to be able to break it into pieces, if you like, um, and, and to offer that to, to a wide range of, um, of customers, a wide range of sectors. But, but the reason we can do that is it's the same autonomy. It's it, the same pieces of kit, to use my simple terms, that will, that will be applied to um, a, a vehicle traveling around an oil refinery, to a vehicle traveling around a mine, to a vehicle traveling around an urban street in London, it's the same software stack that delivers that ability to move the vehicle, to tell you where it is, what's around it, and where to go next. So that, 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 that single um, mission, if you like, to create that software stack that has multiple application, but it's the same technology that operates it. That, that's what's giving us this opportunity to, to um, really uh, operate on, on, a, in a, on a wide um, global platform. That's, yeah, and that's so interesting to me that it is so modular that you can take different parts of it, uh, the technology that is, and apply it to different cases without having to kind of give the entire stack, uh, you know, in every instance. Um, Caroline, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, so I, I don't want to keep you, you know, you've been so gracious to even come on to the podcast with us. Uh, Todd, do you have any, any closing questions or closing remarks for Caroline before we uh, graciously let her continue uh, developing autonomous driving in uh, the UK? No, but I do want to echo what you're saying. Thank you very much. This has been enlightening. And, you know, I hope we can have you on to dig a little more into the technical parts here, because, you know, as we've gotten to know Exbotica, I couldn't have more respect for what you folks have accomplished already. But more than that, just the vision that you've articulated and how different it is from the players we've otherwise talked to. So kudos. Well, you're very, both very kind, and I will take your kind comments back to the clever people at Oxbotica, <laughs> who are the ones who, who are actually, um, you know, who are the ones who have created this and are creating it and continue to. They are a spectacular bunch of people, I have to say, um, and you, you are very kind, and it's been really enjoyable to have a chance to talk to you both, and would be would be very happy to to join you on another occasion, um, and. Uh, uh, see, see where we've, we've all got to at that point. Thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. Uh, good luck to you, to Oxpotica, uh, to the W Series Limited uh, upcoming season, the, te the whole team. Um, we'll look forward to speaking with you again, hopefully not too far into the future. And thanks again for joining us and take care. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. That'll do it for today's episode of Driverless. If you'd like to give us feedback or join the discussion, you can contact us at at underscore driverless on Twitter or driverless at tuckerellis.com. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks as always for listening and talk to you soon.